You want your Burke Show in one full show every day, uninterrupted. And dang it, you don't want ads. No problem. Become a bonus Burke Show subscriber. Find out more at theburkshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. So we're going to start the show with me perhaps apologizing to two of our most hardcore Burt Show family members. Indeed. How did this happen? Burt. How did this happen? What did I do? What did I do? Where you were. Oh, not last summer, (laughs) but 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Can't even remember where I was 10 hours ago, man. So the year was 2014. Yes. 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, well, yes, not every day, but give me more context. It, it was perhaps- a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> At 2.33 p.m. in the afternoon. Yes. I remember that day. I was mm-hmm. at Starbucks. <laughs> uh, what? No, what? what? I, I have a quick question, though. Do you have any confessions that you may this want to confess? From 2014. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years ago, something that you remember that you're like, huh. I should fess up about what I did. Publicly, years ago? publicly oh. or privately? No. <laughs> <laughs> publicly. No, not publicly. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you. It's not that I want to confess publicly. Oh, well, I'll tell you what you should. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, there's a place that we frequent often. Everyone knows this is a nice little bar that everyone goes. Pizza place, right? Yeah, uh-huh. it's called Troublemakers. <laughs> go ahead and give them a shout out. Blue Moon. You guys shout go to Blue, Blue Moon, Moon. Yes. like every other day. Well, before we give them the shout out, let's hear what we're and I was at Blue Moon Pizza with Mo one day, and we were just catching up, doing our usual, and there were two people sitting to the left of me. Okay. Didn't know anything about them. One guy just said to me, you know what? I overheard your, you and Mo's conversation. Katie, I look at traffic maps, too, and I felt validated, right? <laughs> you look at traffic maps? She looks at the yeah. traffic of cities that she is not in, will never go to, just for fun. Serious? What? Yeah, yeah, she shared this on the air. I don't even sure. remember. See, I don't. Did this happen in 2014? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall this at all. So you look at the maps of cities that you have no desire to go to for what reason? Just to look at traffic, just to see. Oh, <laughs> Los Angeles, it's busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're not stressed out enough about the traffic in your own city, you want to go ahead and take on LA and take on DC and everybody else. Yes, I do the past time. And then when I talked about this on air, there was a whole bunch of people who actually reached out and said, Katie, you are not alone. And so I felt validated. And also, that guy who was sitting next to me at Blue Moon said the same thing. And I was like, yes. Okay, I don't remember this. I might have been out that year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, what I didn't know is that he is a former P1. Former. 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 Uh-oh. Yep. And I'm guessing here, this is where my apology comes in. Well, maybe. It depends. It's up to you. <laughs> um, so a couple days later, I come back and my regular bartender, shout out to Lindsay, she's like, you know what, Katie? When you and Mo left, the two people next to me were like, do they work for the bird show? And she said that, yeah, they do. And then that's when they said, we no longer listen. We used to be hardcore listeners. So 10 years ago, this is what they're telling Lindsay. Mm-hmm. So you're getting this third, like secondhand, not firsthand. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm, secondhand. 10 years ago, apparently you came on air and you talked about how you thought that your drinking was so out of control. Mm-hmm that you might have to possibly see someone about it. I do recall this. This was uh, right after, um, it was Halloween because I ended up stumbling down the road in a Ted costume uh, (laughs) after jumping off of a stage uh, and taking out a couple of people in the crowd and realized when I woke up in the morning that maybe I need to go to an AA meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you also walk down a road in said Ted costume? 
yeah, yeah. yeah that was it. Yeah, with a with a air. What uh, what do you call them? Not a bong, but what do we call them now? Oh, yeah. You call, it's it's, it's a not really a bong anymore. Water pipe. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, as part of the costume. Yeah. And cops are passing me on Roswell Road, and none stopped me. What? I'm in a Ted costume with what could be weed in my hands, even though it was a prop for the night for Halloween. And a dozen cops must have passed me. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if that story aligns, but after you told that story, uh-huh. they remembered that the weekend before they heard this story told on air... They met you mm-hmm. in Athens, Georgia. Anything that happens in Athens, I cannot take responsibility for <laughs> on, on game day. And apparently when they met you, they started buying you drinks and ended up hanging out with you all night. And everyone was blackout drunk. Okay. Just having a good old time. And they were like, yeah, we're hanging out with Bert. And you were like, no pictures. Don't put it on Facebook. This um, is what I'm hearing. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. All this could be, could be true. <laughs> so you were all were just so lit. That the next week when they heard you tell your story about how you may need help uh-huh. for your drinking, they thought it was because of them. <laughs> okay. They felt so bad right. that they stopped listening. <laughs> and they said, we're the reason Bert was pushed over to the edge <laughs> because of a night in Athens where we were blackout drunk. Um, oh, they thought they, they thought they were the ones that nudged you to AA. Okay, let me, assure, themselves. let me assure them this, that it started way before they came along. Yeah. Uh, and... I don't recall that specific night, but every night I'm in Athens on game night sounds like that, mostly. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it happened, but I want to alleviate them of the responsibility of what I thought was my alcoholism as it started way before that. (laughs) I'm I'm glad we're alleviating them, but why did they think stopping listening was going to help Bert in any way, shape, or form? it wasn't going to help. It was their guilt. guilt. So we lost two listeners over guilt because Mm -hmm. of my drink. Tell them we need them back. Yeah, they got to come back. We do need them back. It's all right. If I see them again, I'll tell them. Yeah, especially since some women, especially since women between the ages of twenty five and fifty four. <laughs> we for sure need them, for sure. Okay, the Bird Show. All right, there are a lot of bad takes on the internet. You can see them every single day, but Kristen has found one that stands above the others in her bad take of the week. Oh, if you work in a certain profession, you are not allowed to date, according to. Talitha Troop, who was a guest on Poor Minds Podcast. Now, you'll hear, like, multiple voices, but it's Talitha who is, a, who is explaining that if you make under a certain amount of money a year, you shouldn't be allowed to date, okay? okay? So, Poor Minds Podcast, mm-hmm. it is two single Houstonians residing in Atlanta. Drea and Lex are navigating their way through life, friendship, and dating. Again, this is their guest, Talitha who says, hey, you're making this amount of money, you can't date. So if you're making $50,000, don't date. I'm, I'm just being for real. You're not ready to date. Again, I'm with you. When you're not right. ready to date. You're not ready to date because courtship costs. Okay. Everything costs. Okay. You can go for 22 walks in the park. Eventually, Shorty is going to need a sip of something. She's going to be thirsty. <laughs> this <laughs> bottle of water is $3 in Atlanta. Let's oh, not play. Please. So if you don't have any expendable cash, don't date. And whatever that looks like for you, you might only make 50000 but you live in a shoe. And now you got expendable cash. Or get you a bottom of the barrel bitch that's going to date you when you have no money. If she doesn't have that expectation, and I'm going to tell you this right now, enjoy it while it lasts because eventually you're going to want to 
run. Because she doesn't stretch you. She doesn't make you the man that you need to become. She allows you to be the stagnant dude in the same jeans for days. You know what I'm saying? Let me cut up. I'm you just talk about saying. me. All right. All right. I did some research. I, I did some research. I just looked up bottom of the barrel bitch. Yeah. The team photo of the birth show came out. <laughs> so um, I went to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. I went to salary.com. I went to other numerous websites. I'm about to list off all the professions that aren't allowed to date. Okay. All right. According to <laughs> who we just This heard. is only men, though, right? As a woman, you can make whatever. Uh, well, apparently, uh, according okay. to Talitha. Right. Yes. Right. All, right. all right. So, first out, firefighters and police officers, you barely make the cut Ooh. of that $50,000. Oh, Unless you're entry level, then you're screwed. You okay. can't date. So, you got to wait for a promotion to yep. date. Yeah. <laughs> have a couple of stripes. Okay. Teachers, you also barely make the cut of of that $50,000 a year salary, unless you're entry level, then you're screwed. Mm. Okay. All right. So now starting at making $28,580 a month, if you're a home health aide, sorry, you can't date. A year. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 34537 All you janitors out there. Yep. Sorry. Lonely oh, folks. You man. can't, you can't date. Lonely, lonely. Wow. 36310 a year on average. Bank tellers. What? Just worry about counting other people's money. You can't date because huh. you ain't got none yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you date? Uh, can barrel of the what was it? Uh, bottom, bottom of the, of the barrel. barrel bitches date each other? I mean, <laughs> I, that's typically what I do. Because yeah. <laughs> if you combine their salaries, then they have enough. Yeah. So together, can they be happy and broke? I mean, that's not. <laughs> that's not what Talitha says. Okay. Like she's. I mean, we're, if we're going by what she says, if you make under fifty thousand dollars. You are not allowed to date. Mm-hmm. Um, Thirty-seven thousand dollars a year. If you're a paramedic, you can go out there and save all the lives you want. Oh, but you are not allowed to find love. Oh, Got to go home alone mm. after saving lives. Mm-hmm. Thirty-eight thousand five hundred dollars a month. Trash collectors. Sorry, not allowed to date. Thirty-eight thousand six hundred and forty-eight dollars a year. Childcare workers. You can take care of other people's kids that they had. Because they found the mm-hmm. love of their life, mm-hmm. but you ain't allowed oh. to date. Wow. You just got to worry about taking up care of other people's kids. Uh, $39,459 a year. A landscaper. You can work on everybody's yard. You can make it beautiful. You can make their home so lovely. Uh-huh. But the grass ain't green on the other side. You ain't allowed to date. <laughs> you need a little fertilizer, <laughs> which is cash. <laughs> $47,780 a year. If you're an embalmer... You can't date. Well, I don't think that has anything to do with the money. (laughs) I will say this, though. The only grain that I'm feeling here, and I have said this before, and I don't know what the salary would be, but if I could not afford to go out on a first date and pay, I am traditional that way, then I personally, I'm not saying I I wouldn't be dateable. I'm just saying I, I wouldn't be asking people out if I couldn't pay. I wouldn't ask a woman out if I couldn't afford the date, but you you certainly can afford a first date making less than $50,000 yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are two separate yeah, things, for sure. for sure. Yeah, this has nothing to do with how much you make a year. That has everything to do with, like, how responsible you are with your money, right? I feel like I, I, I'm traditional in this area. Like, when we go out, I like to provide, right? So if I couldn't do that, then I probably wouldn't be asking too many people out. I'm, I'm just as traditional as you are in that area, except the difference is I— 
I personally wouldn't do it, but I also believe that whoever asked for the date should be willing and able to pay for the date. It shouldn't always just be the man, because sometimes a woman will ask for the date, and in that case, I don't have a problem with her paying. So if a woman asks you out at the end of the night, you'd be okay with her paying the whole thing? I would be okay with her reaching. That's always okay. been my rule. As long as she reaches, yeah, I'm right. cool, because okay. I'm going to want to pay for it either way. Okay. Abby, have you ever been the one to initiate a date, or has it always been guys asking you out? Has Have I ever initiated a date? No, I don't think I have. I mean, I'd definitely be initiating, you know, them getting to ask me on a date. Yeah. Like, I would put myself in a position to be asked. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever asked anybody out. Um, and especially, like, with this $50,000 rule, I think it's bogus. Like, yeah. I think if you are, like, 22 or you're in school, you should be able to You should be able to date. Oh, if you want a good time, she got blasted in the comments. Is that right? It was a fun read. Oh, really? Can we do that later? That is a fun read. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. A dressing room is at the center of this new feud between Kelly Rowland and the Today Show. You think this would be an easy fix. So Kelly Rowland has been making headlines after she reportedly walked out of the Today Show minutes before she was supposed to guest host. Rita Ora ended up stepping in because apparently Kelly Rowland didn't like her dressing room. But I think it's because she had an awkward interview with Savannah Guthrie because then Savannah Guthrie was gone the next day. And so I wonder what kind of feud happened, what kind of drama was going down. But now Kelly Rowland's representative is speaking out to clear things up a little bit. She's saying, after 28 years of knowing her, Kelly Rowland remains one of the kindest, most amiable humans I have ever met and have had the blessing to represent. So she essentially gave us nothing other than, ah, she's a good gal, she's fine. <laughs> and now Hoda Kotb is speaking out because she was supposed to host with Kelly Rowland. And she's saying, you know what, no matter what the drama was, she is welcome back anytime. I just want to say this. I have great love and admiration for Kelly Rowland. Mm -hmm. I adore her. And I want her to come back on our show. And I want her to host again. Any of course time. she is. Of course she is. She's she can best. share my dressing room. We'll be in it together. <laughs> but of course, she had to give the kudos to Rita Ora, who literally minutes beforehand found out she had to guest host and had to give her some, some applause. On another note, too, we just want to give a shout out to Rita Ora, who kind of came in at the last second and really did um, a phenomenal job. So we have great women on this show. We sure do. I need a Today Show intern to speak out. I need to know what really happened. Like, what was wrong with the with the dressing room? Was it one that people normally don't get? Did she have to share with someone? Did she have a, a brawl in it? Well, so Bethany Frankel, who has been on the Today Show multiple times and has, um, I don't know if she's guest hosted or not, but she's been to 30 Rock as a guest numerous times. And she decided to, you know, throw her name in the mix because she... She just, she speaks her mind and she doesn't care. Um, and she says those dressing rooms are like closets. Like it's not, it's, and it just, it is what it is. Um, and there's, there's some other rooms, but then, then you share them and it's just because the building's older or whatever, it's just not, it's not super posh. It's not super big. So if you have a big entourage or something like that, they're not all going to fit in there. Cause oh like literally oh some of them are, some of them are closets. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> you can't put the whole entourage <laughs> unspeakable conditions. <laughs> but, you know, so, no, but that, so that's what Bethany was saying about like the dressing rooms and you just, yeah, you make do cause it's an honor to be there and it's an honor to be a part of the show, whatever. But then I was, you know, getting deep into the comments cause she posted that. And of course other people are coming out at Bethany, like, like, why are you dragging Kelly's name? Like, you don't even really know what happened and nobody asked your opinion, blah, blah, blah. 
And I have not seen anybody say a bad word about Kelly Rowland. Everybody who talks about her says she is super kind, super sweet, um, very down to earth, like a lovely person. I haven't seen one other person mention any kind of bad interaction with her. It's interesting because all of her years in the business, she's been so unproblematic. Yeah. Like, there's never been an issue, like you said, that I've ever heard of with her. So I, I really do wonder exactly what it was that yeah. led to this. Uh, with that, like I was like, like you said, it just doesn't track. I think you're probably onto something here, Abby. And that's like it didn't have anything to do with the dressing room. There was something so. else going on. I agree, 100. Especially because it's not like she showed up and then didn't do the show at all. She was doing it during the 8 a.m. hour and then just completely went MIA during the fourth hour with the 10, the 10 a.m. hour. So I don't know what happened, but I really hope Kelly Rowland decides to get like a TikTok and spill the tea. Give us like a 10-part story time. Come on the birth show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of all the shows, she should come on to ours. <laughs> okay, do you have like a random date, like a month and a day that keeps showing up in your life and it has no other importance except for the fact that it just randomly keeps popping up for no reason. So I'll give you an example. An interview with Jay Leno has recently resurfaced and he's talking about how he has fallen in love with women who were born on September 5th over and over again. This includes his wife. He says in the interview, I've lived with five women and every single one of them was born on the same day. That's weird. I can look at a woman and go, September 5th. He goes, I don't know why it is. I don't look for a woman born on September 5th. I just wind up attracted to them. So when he first met his wife, one of his first questions to her was, when, when were you born? And she goes, I was born on September 5th. And this has even happened with other guests that have come on his show. There was a, a, a writer named Kathy Guyswhite who he was like, I'm feeling a little something's on for. And sure enough, her birthday was September 5th. But I don't have a date for this, but I was wondering if y'all do. Uh, our show director, Tommy, says that he has. Yes. Uh, I've loved two women in my life. The first was my first love, Kathy Warren. And the second is my wife, Renee Owen. And they were both born on September 20th. Ooh. Really? Right, let's talk about Kathy for a second. Yeah. Okay. Because um, <laughs> if I'm Renee, I'm not liking that sentence at all. Nope. Who is Kathy and when did you finally bail on her? Like the seventh grade? <laughs> it is funny. You said seventh grade. That's when it happened. <laughs> she, she was my first love. Okay. And uh, I still have a special place in my heart for her. Really? You consider Aww. somebody from middle school like a, like a love? <laughs> yes. Come on, what? man. Absolutely. I swear. Like a legit love. Yes. Huh. Special place in his heart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wow. She's the one that got away, huh, in the seventh grade. Well, and Renee, Renee knows her, and, I mean, we all came up together, so. She, got, all, she got a voodoo doll over is what she got. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Beyonce wants to give you some of half a million dollars, but only if you work in this profession. It's on your next Evo's on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. The breach of trust that would be established if your best friend hooked up with your fiancé Ugh. At that point, it is over for everybody, right? Could you even find the forgiveness in your heart for that? No. Mm -mm. Not I'm, at all. I'm not that good of a person. Uh -uh. No way. Maybe in years, maybe? No. No, that's a wrap for Never. I know forgiveness is supposed to be more for you than it is the other person because it frees you of holding on to that anger. Um I would hope I could get to a point where, like, I forgive you, but I am never talking to you again. Right. Like, yeah, like I don't want anything bad to happen to you, 
but I just don't ever want to be around you. Yeah, no, I would want something bad to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that little voice inside yeah. of your head wouldn't be mad at it. Not like a car wreck, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. a really aggressive STD for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in this case, we got an email where she finally forgave like her best friend for sleeping with her fiance, and then the best friend just bounces on her and ghosts her. So what do you do? I don't. Is there anything to do? Dear Bird Show, hello. My name is Fanny, and I need advice on how to deal with my ex-best friend. We moved to a state together after 15 years of being friends. We were roommates. We had so much fun together. She was literally my soulmate. I would not trade her for any man in this world. However, about six years after moving to a new state together, I started dating a guy from my past. My stepbrother. Uh-oh. Well, that took a twist. Wait, what? Wait, yeah. I read that right? Can, can we do that again? Hold one on. One more again? I wasn't ready. Okay. <laughs> About six years after moving to a new state together, I started dating a guy from my past, my stepbrother. Insert. With the emoji of the hands covering the face. Tee-hee. Okay. So obviously none of us proofed this email or read ahead. <laughs> right. We had always wanted to be together. But our parents got married before we could date. Wow. wow there's a story in itself. <laughs> long story short. I don't want the long story to be short. <laughs> I want all the juicy details, man. We didn't think they would last, but they outlasted us into our adulthood. <laughs> Three years after we finally decided to be together, we got engaged. A year later, I found out he was cheating on me after some word vomiting I found out he also slept with my best friend after a night of extreme partying. Mm. He told me he did it because he knew I was breaking up with him, so he wanted to make sure <laughs> I had nobody left. Wow, wow. that is just downright Ooh. cruel. I forgave her out of spite to him, and a few months later, she ghosted me. I miss her and want to know if I should have you reach out to her and find out why, if it's a lost cause, and if I should move on. Side note, if the advice is to move on, where do I find friends? I'm a mom of three, now married to an amazing man, and just missing my best friend. Help! <laughs> best regards, Fanny. Wow, what a mess. Um, okay, I, I think there were, we'd, there'd be two pieces of advice here. One would be for the radio, and the other one would be for your health. <laughs> uh, look, I'd be glad to... Have, reach out and try to figure out exactly what's happening and I want more details. So as as far as I understand it, so they start dating, then their parents start dating afterwards. No, their parents dated first. First. Yes. That's what I took. Parents dated first and they were going to wait out their parents' relationship, but their parents stayed together Dang into it. adulthood. Got married. Yeah, and so that's when they just said, screw it, um, okay. we're going to date our step-siblings. <laughs> so they had feelings for each other, but like, we can't do this. Our parents are with each other. When they break up, then it's on. Yes. <laughs> and they never broke up. Correct. Okay. You got that right. <laughs> God, yeah, this took several turns. And honestly, I thought we were going to have to give advice on, you know, how to how to get over a friendship breakup. But honestly, I want you two to get back together as friends because this whole situation feels so unfair to you. Your ex-stepbrother boyfriend uh, did something completely malicious to try and sabotage your personal relationships. I feel like he manipulated both of them. 100%. And so I wonder if maybe the best friend had some lingering guilt for herself, like shame that she couldn't get over. And every time she saw her best friend, it was a reminder. So I think we need to continue to spite your stepbro 
and make sure you get your best friend back. Thinking that somebody's going to break up with you and then sleeping with everyone that they know so that you don't have anyone is another level of diabolical and evil. It but really I, is. I, I can't like, even... that's sociopath. Wow. I'm, I'm blown away by this entire story and the fact that she actually still wants to be friends with this person, but... I, hey, to each their own, and if you are still missing your friend, then I'd say go get her. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm I'm with Abby. Not that I'm with, like, I can't believe I'm saying I'm with you, but I can't believe I'm saying she needs to go and she needs to, like, reach out to her best friend. Um, This is so messed up, <laughs> and as far as, like, what he did, that... Um, yeah, the best friend was obviously in the wrong, but if she wants to forgive her and if she misses her, then reach out to her. Why do y'all think she ghosted her? The guilt? Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I if I was so if I had done that, um, if it was a night after extreme partying, I would feel so used by him and the situation that I would want to excommunicate everybody in my life that reminded me of him in that situation. Mm. So it would be one of those to preserve mm-hmm. my own mm-hmm. sanity that this was such a toxic, he's obviously a very toxic individual that I would just have to part ways with anybody that reminded me of that situation. Yeah, I'm running away from this whole situation. It just feels so toxic. Um, it's messy. It's really, really messy. I, I would put, I, I just don't have that kind of gear to uh, forgive like that. It's that's on your permanent record for me. But, but she also said I forgave her out of spite to him. That does that's not a real forgiveness, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, yeah. I, so we're all saying run or what are we saying? No, I think we should get the friends back all together. Right. Yeah. You wanna try? That's fine. <laughs> If anything, if, yep. if anything, it sounds like a good setup for, you know, porno. So right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Burt Show first for everything. What corner of the internet are you? <laughs> the Burt Show. All right. I have always been a very impulsive person. You? Always. Never. Can't see it. And I like that about myself, but it's getting me in trouble. <laughs> um, I'll give you some examples through the year. At least the most glaring example is like, I remember being on the beach with a girlfriend one time in San Diego where I used to live and us coming off the beach and me going, you know what we should do is we should go to LA today. And she's like, okay, uh, let's go to the apartment. We'll get ready and go. And I'm like, no, I want to go right now. So we literally got off the beach in our bathing suits and our t-shirts and went to LA and visited some friends. I okay? love that. That's kind of my life. I like being impulsive. That's great for when you're younger, but when you're older, it could cost you money and it could cost you time if you just don't take a breath before you make decisions, right? Two in the last couple of months. Uh, I told you guys that I moved into this new house, right? And uh, I'm trying to put a deck up in the back. I know nothing, nothing about renovations. I know nothing about decks, nothing, not a zero. But I walk into this house and I'm like, the deck in the back, man, I think I'd like to start having people over again. So let's go ahead and expand this thing. Which I saw it. And I mean, an expansion made sense because uh-huh. of the size of your backyard. Right. And the it, it, it made sense. I also have a friend that has this really great backyard that is his sanctuary. I've never had that in my life. So he can go out there and. He's got like this fire pit. Kristen knows who I'm talking about. He's yeah, got this fire pit. He's got a jacuzzi where he sits and he watches football games from his jacuzzi. And it's kind of his place. I've never had that. And by the way, I've never designed my own house before. I've never even put furniture in my house before. <laughs> the women in my life have always made that decision. So all of this is new to me. Anyway, I get back on that deck and I'm looking at it. 
and they start running some measurements by me. Like, if you want to expand this, it can be blah, 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 blah. So I went big without knowing anything about really how truly big this tech was going to be in my in my backyard. I could have called Bart. He's my go-to contractor, Kristen's mm-hmm. husband, right, who would have probably dropped everything or brought Jimmy on over and would have taken a look at the deck and gone, dude, all right, let's talk about this. You literally live 10 minutes from us now. Right, 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> no. So I told them immediately what I wanted, and they probably just saw dollar signs in their eyes, and they're like, okay, we can start construction tomorrow, which I love. I want results quickly. So it's a, it's more expensive than I thought it was going to be, and it's hurt. <laughs> it hurts. Uh, second thing, I told you guys that I was very determined on this thing, that for six months after my breakup, I was just going to be with myself. I didn't want any other heartbeats in the house. Going to enjoy myself and my time, right? No dogs, no heartbeats, no nothing. And it feels to me like every week I am challenged in my DMs by somebody else sending me pictures of puppies, Kristen. I didn't say, I. Oh, Kristen. Coming from in the house? Kristen. Well, I did it once. <laughs> I just wanted to make your day. They were real cute. Oh, these little English bulldogs that were just so cute, which I think are the cutest little puppies ever, right? But even before that, last week, a listener hit me up with a, um, uh, a picture and a link on over to an English bulldog in South Carolina that is looking for a good home to adopt, right? Um, I didn't know much about this dog, but I took a look at it, and I, like, immediately fell in love with it's it. It's a grumpy face dog. It's, it's a, cool. And I also liked the idea that it's a year and a half old mm-hmm. because those puppy phases, man. It's rough. I think people don't realize when you get a puppy, like, housebreaking it, it is a lot of work. So the fact that this dog was a year and a half old, I'm like, man, I think I got to break this six-month agreement. And it needs a home. And it needs a home. It's adopting. Kristen's in my ear all the time. The next time you get a dog, you got to adopt. (laughs) And this dog's name was Dolly. Like Dolly Parton, who I adore. (laughs) Right? So without She's a grumpy Dolly. It's so cute. Grumpy Dolly, man. Oh, she's got the greatest little markings, right? So I don't even think about it. I immediately apply for this dog in South Carolina. It was immediate, man. I couldn't get off the DM fast enough to go to the link and try to adopt this dog in South Carolina. So I immediately send it out. Now, what I didn't think about in this time was that we've got Bert's Big Adventure, uh-huh. which is going to take five days this week. Because I, I legitimately, when I sent that application out, as soon as I was thinking in my head, when I got an answer back from them, I would immediately go get the dog. Like I was going to get in the car if they texted me and go to South Carolina and get this dog. Well, we've got Bert's Big Adventure. Uh, I got a couple of vacations coming up. And I'm also doing a renovation on my home, uh-huh. a, a renovation on the renovations. I wasn't thinking of any of that when I applied. Now, I get a text back from the adoption agency on Saturday that says, hey, we are interested in talking to you about Dolly. And I am over the moon, over the moon. So I hit him back and I said, hey, it's Bert. It's about Dolly. Give me a call back when you get a chance. I think I caught a lucky break. I haven't heard back. Really? I have not heard back yet. And I don't know why. Now, I also know me that if I really want something, I'll stay on it. Yeah, you will. So when I didn't get a text back, 
I usually would text and say, hey, just want to let you know, still here. They're waiting on the call whenever's a good time for you. But I've been doing so much thinking about it, really. And I'm not even exactly sure in looking at this dog if it's a full-bred English bulldog. It looks like it's got some boxer in it. It looks like a boxer bulldog. Yeah. Mm. Which means I've got a four-foot fence, and boxers can go right over that thing. If it's an English bulldog, the bulldog's going to look at a four-foot fence and go, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but a boxer, I'm not. So it wasn't going to be a perfect fit. But I applied anyway, and I think I got a lucky break that they haven't hit me back. <sighs> it's At a least sign. for now. It's a sign for now. Yeah. yeah. The timing's yeah. not right. Mm-hmm. But I definitely am teetering. Yeah, man, you are so impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You guys, for the most part, very calculated, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm probably more calculated than I'd like to be. Yeah. I almost made an impulsive decision on a cat yesterday, though. There's a cat in Orlando. I'm like, can I sneak it on this Burt's Big Adventure airplane? <laughs> Sometimes it just speaks to you, and it's almost like your head is saying, don't act, but then your fingers are acting. <laughs> <laughs> Can't control and You're making the call. The Burt Show. Sometimes we're just fragile little boys, fragile little emotional boys. So how can women make men feel more emotionally safe, if that is even the goal? Yeah, I'm not known for wanting men to feel safe ever, but I do feel like we talk about how women have the need to feel emotionally and physically safe on this show a lot. And so when I came across this clip from one of my favorite podcasts, The Vile Files, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk about it. Would you say if you were ranking things that you were most women are looking for in a man, Would you say providing safety is number one most of the time? I think if they were making a list, it wouldn't be the number one thing. But I think internally, subconsciously, it's probably in the top three. Yeah, I wouldn't write that down as number one on my list. No? Mm -mm. Okay. So I was watching, I was listening to The Vile Files, and he was interviewing this guy named Lewis Howes, who runs this podcast called The School of Greatness, and he talks a lot about these like self-help topics a lot. And Nick asked Lewis, how can women connect better with the men in their lives? And he said, it's all about making them also feel emotionally safe. What's one bit of advice you'd have for women to better connect with any man in their life to help a man in their life feel safer or more vulnerable? How could the women who are listening and saying, hey, well, I want to I want to help. I want to at least be an empathetic partner. What would be advice that you'd have? It depends on if it's like a brother or a father or, you know, you know, a friend or something like that. But I think a lot of men in general lack hearing a few things. I appreciate you. You're valued. And I love you. I think men lack hearing that. And it's a lot of what men want. Yeah. They just want to hear, I appreciate you. Thank you for working so hard. Like I get just kind of emotional thinking about it because I don't remember hearing that in my 20s and in my early 30s. Like the women in my life just saying, thank you for working so hard, like for working on yourself, for showing up for us, for, you know, not that I was perfect or whatever, but just like men want to hear that they are valued for working hard and that they are accepted for who they are. I'm not saying it's justified if they're making mistakes left and right, but... But when they do do something that you're proud of or you know that they worked out, tell them. Tell them. Men will move mountains for you if they hear that. It doesn't have to be every day, like, constantly praising them or something, but it's just, man, you say that every once in a while, you're going to get so much more out of the men in your life. Amen. Um, I do think this goes both ways, but since we're just focusing on guys here, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it's a very, very, very valid point. I completely agree with you. Yeah. It definitely, I mean, anybody, I think, would want to feel appreciated for what they do in life and told that they are appreciated and loved. Um, I, I guess it kind of 
ties into what Chris Rock once said, that not men, all men feel like they are loved unconditionally. You feel like you are loved with conditions. So I guess if you make a man feel like he's loved unconditionally, he'd appreciate it. What are the conditions? Uh, that he provides. I, I don't remember exactly what his joke was, but it was. I think it was women, children, and dogs are loved un, unconditionally. Men are loved under the condition that they provide. Ooh, really? Huh. And all the relationships you've been in, how many have you felt safe in? This one. Really? That's it. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's beautiful. She she goes out of her way to tell me how appreciated and loved I am. And I've, yeah, I've never experienced that before. Hmm. How about you? I was afraid you were going to do that. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're the other guy on the show. Yeah. um, (laughs) You don't have to answer if you don't want to. I will, but it's not them. It's a me. Uh, None. None? Mm Mm-mm. You've not really, uh uh-uh. uh, but I don't think it had to do uh, with the women. I think it had to do with me. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I never felt a hundred percent safe in, in even my marriage, and she never did anything to really make me feel unsafe. I don't think so. I think it's a me thing, but it's re- your re- re- recently I've been experiencing it, but I would say for the most part, never. I think it's your upbringing. Mm-hmm. You can you can blame your mama on that one. <laughs> yeah, my, my daddy's got to take a nice share of that yeah, also. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that kind of safety has, um, I don't even know that that has been my comfort zone up until recently. So I think you tend to pick partners that reflect where you are emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I don't think until recently I have really been even open to 100% safety. Therapist, no more. <laughs> <laughs> we just saved you two hundred bucks. You're welcome. But I think what he says is absolutely the truth. And mm-hmm. for me, it hasn't even been. I don't need the words. I just need to see matching me my effort as much as I am giving you. You don't have to say a word. I don't need the words. Just as long as I know that we are a team together. That's all the appreciation I need. It Thanks. makes me want to go home and ask my husband. Do you feel safe? Oh, should. I, I I think it depends on your love language. Like you like with the mm-hmm. I don't need the words either. I'm I'm an actions guy. I like to see that you appreciate it, but the words don't hurt. It, it's nice to hear it every <laughs> once in a while too. But maybe yeah. you think you don't need them or don't want them, but deep down, it really makes a difference to hear it. Sometimes I think about that because sometimes I think I have a love language, yeah. and then I'm like, now nah, all of them pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got, got one all. <laughs> it's a tie. <laughs> it's an absolute push on Give me all the of touch. Them. Give me all. Give of me the words. <laughs> Give me the actions. I want it all. The Burt Show. All right, let's get to Tanya here, who really feels like she's doing some protecting here. Many might think she's meddling in this family, but she wanted some answers to see if the dude that she is nannying for is messing around on his wife. Hey, Tanya. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so let me save you some time and let you know that we got some results for you. But for those that didn't hear this yesterday, why don't you explain exactly what you're seeing in the house and why you think this is your business? Um, well, I mean, I've, I've been nannying for, you know, this family, great family, um, lovely, you know, um, she's amazing, mom is amazing, the kids are incredible, but dad never really seems to be involved. He never really wants to partake in what the family is doing in the family dynamic. And um, I've seen him kind of leave when he gets a phone call, maybe getting upset with someone over the phone that might 
it kind of reminds me of when a couple is fighting and I, I don't know, it just, everything just rubs me the wrong way. And I'm, I'm wondering if he is doing something on, you know, with someone else and if I should tell mom, I don't know. Okay. So, what, Abby, with the skeptical eyes? I don't know. I just feel like this is such a lose-lose situation for you that I just feel like there's got to be some kind of ulterior motive here. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. I don't know if you're trying to break up the family, if you just really want to get rid of the stat. Like, I'm trying to figure out what the motivation is here. It feels a little like savior complex to me. Savior complex. Okay, well, that's the more positive spin. And, like, you want to come in, you want to swoop in, and you want to save her or whatever. But, um, and I mean, I know this sounds so harsh, but you do have to know your place as far as when you're intervening. <clears throat> and I feel in this instance, like, your savior, savior complex is getting the best of you because not everybody needs to be saved. Do you have a little bit of that in you there, Tanya? Uh, yeah, um, I mean... I'm not. I'm not trying to save anyone, but you know, I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You guys really did put it into perspective about, you know, I am just a nanny, and you know, how is she gonna feel when, if 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 I'm right, right? Um, how is she gonna feel that? Oh, I went to the radio station and I was getting advice from you know. Uh, how is she gonna feel if it if it does come out? You know that he is, and me saying, "Well, this is how I found out." Yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah. It's not going to be good. When yeah. Abby says this is a lose lose all the way around, I think she's also including your job in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that was going to be my second point. Yeah, I really don't want to lose my job again. They're they're a fantastic family, and I really do love what I do. The children are amazing. So it does put things into perspective, and and I, I honestly I just don't know what I would do with that information. All right, well you've got a decision to make because here it is right now. It is seven fifteen in the morning on February twenty first. We have results for you. You can make a decision right now to not hear these results one way or the other. Okay, mm-hmm. here it is right in front of you. If you want the results. We don't think that you are going to be able to keep these from the family. So at this point, you're just an innocent bystander that went down a road that you realize, like, I shouldn't have gone down. And you can back out at this particular second. What are you going to do? Oh, my God. Uh, I, I really. Geez. I don't know. Well, what? It, what how about you guys give me some advice? Because right now I'm really stuck. We, we, all we, already did. Did. <laughs> we all said don't do it yesterday, but you said go for it. So we got the results. Do you want to hear them? Yes. You know you want the results. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, well, personally, I would like to hear the results. So we can hang up on her and still read them. She said yes, and there's an old saying in sales, don't sell past the yes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. There's your decision. Let's we, go. We sent a fake promotional email to the email address Tanya gave us uh, for the husband she nannies for. He was offered a free bouquet of flowers, able to choose from several options with pictures. In exchange, he's asked to share some promo codes for a percentage off a future order with friends and family. Are you so disgusted we're doing this because 
I can hear it in your voice. You're <laughs> rushing through it. Just... I don't know what you're talking about. I'm <laughs> so pumped. We are meddling into this family's uh, personal life. Um, he could choose from the following bouquets. Flirtatious. Make it known you're interested by sending her this bouquet of pink carnations, orange tulips, and white anemones with a few red roses thrown in to let her know where you'd like things to head. Then there's a kabloom. <laughs> which is about, which is exactly what you're about to do to this family. Is blow up the family. An explosion of blooms for the woman who likes to be bold. Make a statement with multicolored roses, alstroemeria, white hydrangeas, sunflowers, and vibrant greenery. This bouquet will be one she won't forget. Then there's heaven scent. This mix of garden roses, lavender, jasmine, and gardenias will fill the air while you fill her heart. And last... Bloomerang. Two dozen long stem red roses, a classic bouquet for the one you'll always return to. We sent the email at 9.51 yesterday morning. After no response, a second email was sent at 12.11 p.m. About an hour later, he responded, and he did select... Kabloom! <laughs> You're going to give yourself a whiplash. I know. I, I actually hurt my head a little bit when I did that. Um... He is sending the bouquet to a woman that is not his wife. <gasps> what? Oh. He said delivery for Saturday to be, be delivered to the home address of said woman. That home address is not their home address. And the note on the card says, don't be mad. You know that I'll make it up to you. Jay. Hmm. Now what? Yeah, how are you feeling about that decision now? Now it's, now it's just a load in your mind. My heart is racing right now. I just, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You could, you know, all the signs are there. I, I don't know why she's so oblivious to them. Um, but I think you, but I mean, at the end of the day, if this is my friend, a friend, my friend, I, I, I think I would definitely tell her, but this is a family. I, I'm, I'm very stuck in the middle. I don't, I don't, I don't. You put yourself I mean, in the middle. Wanna... Yeah, you put yourself. Yeah, you yeah. Start, yeah, that's a good point. You're not stuck. <clears throat> you had decisions to make. So we have this person's name. We have their home address. I don't know if you would be privy to any of the people they hang out with or might know this person. I will, we will give you the information off air. Um, but I, you, she's not, you're not even going to be able to, even if you don't say it, you're not going to be acting the same way towards him as you were yesterday. Now that you have this info. Yeah. Do we know that it's romantic, yeah. though? Because Kabloom just says an explosion of blooms for the woman who likes to be bold. Bold isn't necessarily romantic context. But the t but the I'll, card. I'll make it up to you. Don't be mad. Well, I'll make it up you to know, you. maybe it's a business colleague <laughs> and he flubbed a presentation. Certainly that's it. Yeah. If you are a husband with a wife who has... Or you not one but two children. Mm -hmm. You get free flowers. Mm -hmm. You always send it to That's her. a no-brainer. Facts. All right, Tanya, chew on that. And um, when we come back from Bert's Big Adventure, we would love to get an update and see how quickly it was that you intervened with the, the, <laughs> the wife and told her exactly what has happened, okay? Okay. Okay, bye-bye. All right. You ready? Come on! <laughs> the Bert Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Beyonce wants to give you some of $500,000, but only if you work 
in a very specific field. And unfortunately, that field is not radio, so we will not be getting a $500,000 payday. It's actually for cosmetologists. So Beyonce has a new hair care line. It's called Sacred. And they're partnering with her charity, Be Good, to support cosmetology school students and local businesses across the country. It's going to award $500,000 annually for cosmetology school scholarships in Mm. salon businesses grants in Atlanta, Chicago, Houston, LA, and New Jersey. Very cool. I know. It's awesome. Shout out Beyonce. All right. A lot of people describe seeing Taylor Swift as life-changing, but for one fan in Australia, her entire life did change during one of the shows in Melbourne because she started having contractions in the middle of it. It was a memorable event for the whole city, but especially for Tennille Smith, who went into labour during the concert. She gave birth to little Sloane Taylor just two hours after the show. I knew where the medics were, so that was all good. But yeah, unless it was waters breaking or something, uh, I'll stay right to the end. Melina Cyrus, 7 News. Yep, so the baby's name is Sloane Taylor Smith. <laughs> so it does kind of sound like yeah. opera and Taylor Swift. But imagine throwing a concert so good you literally send a woman to the hospital. But obviously for a better reason. I think this happened recently at a pink concert too. It did? I think so, if I remember correctly. So was this baby on time? Or was this a little preemie, preemie going on no, here? Or did she know? I think it was on time. And I've lo- I've seen oh. a lot of women talk about this, especially when like the tickets were going on sale. They're like, okay, I need to plan my conception around <laughs> the tour date that I bought for. <laughs> We've done this before and maybe we can bring it back later in the show where we ask women like that are um like labor warriors mm-hmm. like when you go into labor you continue your day just like it's no problem whatsoever until it's ready to go to the hospital we had somebody calling saying she was surfing while she was in uh feeling contractions another woman was performing surgery while she wow. was having contractions also they waited to the last second well, I don't know much about birth because I've never given it, but I have heard that you don't, you're not supposed to go immediately to the hospital. Like you have, you have a hot second before that baby comes out. So it makes sense. You don't know as a first time mom from somebody that's been around one, uh, you don't understand that. You're just panicked. So you're going early over and over and over again. And the nurses start to laugh at you after a while. And they know that you're a rookie mom <laughs> because they're like, yeah, you're not, you don't need to be here for another 14 hours. Yeah. If I was at the middle of Taylor Swift's concert, I'd been like, okay, we're in the middle of the folklore set. This is really good. I'm, I'm going to need to pause this baby thing because i got to get through the next two and a half hours. Now, now, unless it's like her third or fourth child, then as soon as you start going into labor, you, you might want to get a move on because my uh, sister-in-law on her third child um, literally had the baby while he was parking the car. Oh, damn. Like, like, that's how fast. Like, there was no chance for epidural, nothing. Like, wow. from the moment she felt it to the moment they got in the car and got to the hospital, like, about didn't make it into the hospital before Kayla was like, here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have some good news about your favorite band, Kristen. The Beatles are getting a four-film biopic series from each member's perspective. So this is all set to come out around 2027. And this is actually the first time that Paul, Ringo, and the families of George and John have granted full life story and music rights. This is incredible. It's going, are you, how excited are you for this? Uh, I saw, like, because um, whenever anything comes out about the Beatles, I'm very hesitant. Like, when anybody does cover or anything like that because I'm just very protective of like what they were and rather than people's interpretation, especially since, you know, two members are no longer with us. Um, But to know that the families are on board and I think it's such a cool idea to have it from Paul's perspective Ringo's perspective, John's perspective, and George's perspective of what life was like in that band. Yeah, for me, it's so important to to watch things that I know the 
the family mm-hmm. had, or like even the person involved has some kind of approval yeah. over. Because I still haven't seen that Lily James, Pamela Anderson, Hulu show because I know that there was so much backlash with the fact that they didn't get her permission. I'm like, why would I want to watch somebody else's interpretation of her life if she didn't sign off on, on it? All right, Stephen King wants to know why his new movie isn't getting released from Warner Brothers and it all might have to do with tax breaks. So Warner Brothers isn't, is not releasing his new music movie, Salem's Lot, even though it was finished in 2021. Stephen King has seen it. He says it's really good. In a tweet, he says that it's basically like old school horror filmmaking. There's a slow build and a big payoff. But because Warner Brothers has also um, stopped putting out some of the films that they've already completed, like Batgirl and Coyote versus Acme, a lot of people think this all has to do with tax write-offs. So we might not get to see this movie that could have been absolutely incredible. I mean, it's a Stephen King film. It's not like it's some rando. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that would be such a shot, like, to the gut to know that you made an entire movie and they never yes. had any intention of releasing it. They just <sighs> needed it for tax. Well, they've tax. already made it twice. This is like the third version of the movie. <laughs> you seem so frustrated. I would like to see it because there was going to be a theatrical thing. The first two were made for television and Warner Brothers... Come on. You just as, seem as, so a former, as a former alum of Warner Brothers, <laughs> release the movie. Just give it to and us. And when you say alum, for those that don't know, you were the president of the company for mm, a while, I right? was a high-powered VIP tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> he can maneuver that golf cart like nobody's business. All right, he broke up with his girlfriend on Valentine's Day over the phone after their relationship went public. But was he in the wrong? It's on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. Get it. The Burt Show. When is it time to really go next level in your relationship? Everything's going great. You can't get enough of him. You can't get enough of her, right? So is it time to go next level? Make that step. Move in together. The pace lap of marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, it is a huge test. But I think that our situation is a little bit unique. So for a little bit of backstory, my girlfriend and I have been dating now for about a year and a half. And... When we first met in like the summer of 2022, you know, we were hanging out a lot. We were doing the whole thing and we we became official like later that November. Um, within two months of us dating, my apartment was subject to uh, a massive flood similar to Moe's. I think it happened on the same day, like Christmas time around yeah, then. Really? Know? Yeah. Wow. My apartment went through the same exact thing where it flooded completely. It was completely ruined and destroyed. And I had no idea how long it was going to take for it to come back on track. But in that meantime, I was like, I, I was able to stay with my girlfriend throughout that time. And it could have been a disaster, right? Um, we were only two months into being official. Wow. And it was like, oh, yeah, just feel free to stay here. And I made it very clear to her, like, hey, if at any point you need some alone time, if at any point you need me to just, you know, get the hell out of here, feel free to tell me and I will not take it personally. But like, you know, this is kind of what I have to do right now while my apartment's getting back in working order. And I thought that was going to be done within like maybe a few weeks, a month, but it actually took until the end of my lease, like six months for them to fix everything there. Wow. It was a complete disaster. But I will say that during that time that we were staying together, it went flawlessly. It went completely smoothly. Um, by the time that that lease ended, I obviously did not want to resign with them. I still felt like it was a little too early for us to maybe move in together. So I signed a different lease and moved in with my sister. Um, and we've been fortunate enough. My girlfriend and I have been living within walking distance of each other for this entire time throughout our relationship. So we've been very fortunate in that sense. Um, so now I'm at this sort of crossroad where we're spending like 90% of our time at her place. And... Both of our leases are coming up due 
this summer, and I've been kind of floating the idea of potentially moving in with each other, and I just... I don't know how to like tactfully go about this, if that makes sense, because we've brought it up. It's happened casually and we had a little bit more of a serious conversation last time. I just don't want like to make it feel like she needs to pick up all of her stuff and go somewhere else because of me. Hmm. And you don't want to just did I miss something in that you just don't want to move into her place. So we could do that, but we would ideally need more room. Okay. Um, it's been totally fine for me staying there, but like, I'm basically using my apartment as a storage facility, but I'm paying rent for it, which sucks, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so from if, a financial standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So if we were able to split rent at a new place that would make, and get a little bit more space, that would make a lot more sense. Cause I do have a lot of my own stuff that's still sitting in my apartment, mm-hmm. but like it doesn't, it's not over there. Yeah. But her place smells good and everything's organized <laughs> and there's no like algae in the shower. But this is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. I mean, you guys already had a, like a six month trial run. Like yeah. I see, like, and you've been dating for a year and a half now. Are you are you worried this is fast tracking something? Uh, a little bit worried that it's fast tracking something, and also I just don't want to f- force her hand if that makes sense because she really likes where she's at. She really likes her space. Um, she's been like you know doing a lot more sort of modifications and personalizing the apartment, and this is kind of the place that she was going to stay until eventually probably buying a place at you know at some point down the road. Um, but it's just not a big enough space for the two of us, and I just don't want to feel like I'm forcing her hand to have to move in, you know, mm. or, or to have me come into that. Well, I think mm. moving in is great. I mean, I think you have to certainly respect your Lord and Savior and not have sex during uh, that of time course. at all. Of course. Because um, that's what's in the Bible, but I think if you guys... <laughs> Living in sin. Yeah. It goes without sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of a, a no-brainer right there. Um if you're, it sounds like you've already done it, man. It sounds like you're worrying over nothing, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it hasn't been like we've gone through the test already. It's not like I'm I'm worried about this ruining our relationship because that happens to so many couples where they move in together and it comes comes turns out that they're a complete mismatch when it comes to living <laughs> situations. Yes. Well, wouldn't you rather find that out before you get married? If, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's me, it's a simple answer is when you should move in together. And it's never. that That's, that's how I feel. <laughs> in your case, um, they say you don't know somebody until you live with them and you've already done it. So, like, yeah, you've done the heavy lifting and yeah. y'all spending 90% of these time together. Like, I, I don't even think you should overthink this one. The time is now for y'all. Well, I think it makes a lot of sense, especially, like, financially and lifestyle-wise. But I think if you're afraid that this is going to fast-track your relationship, heads up, it's going to. And I <laughs> I've always been of the mindset that if you move in with somebody or if you get a pet with someone, you're basically signing up for a paperless marriage. And to me, that's totally fine. But you have to go in knowing that risk. You have to go in knowing that if you split up, it's going to be kind of like a divorce. You're going to have to split up your stuff. You're going to have to find a place to live. So I think go for it, but also have it in the back of your mind that like you're you're on a one way train, buddy. And we do have two cats. Are you worried she's going to say no? No, I'm not worried she's going to say I just don't want her to reluctantly say yes. She won't. I, I, we've met her. I, she's, she doesn't strike me as the type of person who would like acquiesce like that. No, I disagree. I think she's a big fat liar. <laughs> <laughs> you think she's a pushover? Yeah. She's a big old pushover? <laughs> no, go for it, man. You're already yeah. done. It's already done, bro. Ooh, how are you going to do it? That's a big ass. Ooh, like, you, it's, that's yeah. a special ass. Should I write a letter? 
No. <laughs> we can wrap it for you. Oh, oh, can we? Oh, can we? Can you do a personalized? <laughs> can we get her on the air and, and we can do a mo personalized rap asking her to move in with you? I'm sure she'd love that. That wouldn't force her hand at all. No, no. there's no pressure involved there. <laughs> Not at all. All right, and she, and she needs to have a rap prepared for either a yes or a no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bird show. Right. Get it, the bird show. I said there is a TikTok that has been going viral over the course of the last couple of weeks that there are very few times where we get a long form bit from like TikTok or a reel or whatever where you don't want to edit at all because the story is so rich with drama. And this is one of them. Yeah. When it comes to breakups on TikTok, people like to send out a little bat signal to me, basically just tagging me, being like, you need to get this girl on your breakup podcast. And so I have been spamming Risa Mtisa on TikTok trying to get her on and she hasn't responded so I figured we could talk about it anyway. She put out like a 50 part series on TikTok talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah we're yeah. gonna play all 50 parts today. <laughs> wow. And no, and no joke people are like it, she's gone so viral because she's from Atlanta right? Yes. She's gone so viral nationally that everybody is like I, I like 50 parts I wish there were more. Yeah it's like what? about it's like about her pathological liar husband and every detail is rich. Okay. It's so good. So do we have the audio to play the clip? Things that my pathologically lying ex-husband lied about. Backstory number one, we met in March of 2020. Georgia got shut down, locked down two and a half weeks later. We got married January of 2021, and we were divorced June of 2021 because I kicked him out of the house on his birthday. We met online. My tire blew on 285 on my way to our first date. And he met me at a gas station, fixed my tire, then took me to go get another tire, paid for it. And I just thought, oh my God, this is the beginning of a beautiful romantic story. Boy, was I wrong. Every morning he would get on the phone with his brother, John. And he would be like, hey, babe, um, John said good morning. And I'm in the bathroom doing my hair because I still had to go to work at this time. And so I would just say, hey, John, you know, call out, hey, John. And, you know, he would relay back and forth what I said to John, what John said to me. I never actually talked to John on the phone. And so he would be like, you know, I can't wait for COVID to be over. Me and my girl, we're going to come to see y'all. I can't wait for auntie to meet her. Side note, his parents are deceased. So he was like, I can't wait for you guys to meet her. Like, I know I'm going to marry her. He said everything I wanted to hear. Love Bombing 101, this man wrote the book. So he talked to his brother every day. He talked to his friends every day in front of me. He would be on the phone laughing, cutting up, cracking jokes, telling them, hey, she said, hey, you know, just having conversation. It wasn't until he got kicked out of my house in June of 2021 that I found out every single phone call was made up. He was never on the phone. Everything I'm telling you can be verified. The phone calls where he called to pay his car off, made up. The phone call to the realtor when we were looking at houses, made up. The phone call to the bank for them to release the money for the house that he signed his name for, every phone call was made up. He and his brother had not spoken since 2015 when his mother died. He had no friends. The second lie, his job. He told me when I first met him that he was a VP at his company. He had been transferred from California to Georgia, and he was in the process of getting himself settled. He was looking to buy a house. His job was VP of a major condiment company. It is fair to note he paid every bill. He paid all the bills. He gave me spending money. 
even though we were quarantined, locked down in my little townhouse, again, this story was always he's trying to buy a house. So when we got together, it was we need to buy a house together. This is forever. We're going to have a family. Let's go ahead and find a house. Truth is, he was a temp. He called me from work all the time. And he would pretend to reprimand employees who couldn't see that he had a Bluetooth thing in his ear. He would pretend to reprimand them in front of me. He would pretend to take phone calls from the company president who needed his help on something. He forged emails that he showed me from the company president asking him, we need to get this up and running. We need to do this project. We need to do that. It is scary how brilliant he was and how much energy he put into the lie. But he was a temp. He was a temp forklift driver. There's nothing wrong with a forklift driver, but he was pretending to be a VP. Third lie, housing. He told me he was looking to buy a house. We got together and we started looking at houses. I found a beautiful five bedroom, six bath house, brand new construction build. I love the house. The house was listed for 699,000. He showed me paperwork from Chase Bank saying that he was approved for a mortgage for 750,000. I watched him sign his name to a legally binding document for an all cash offer. The reason why the house fell through was because the builder did not want to finish the basement. We were requesting that the basement get finished. He did not want to, so he declined our offer and took the offer of another couple who didn't need the basement finished. That's the only reason why that house fell through. I see now where God's grace protected me. Well, it really protected him because legally I was not his wife, so I was not on the mortgage for that home. Fourth lie had to do with a baby. I got pregnant, lost the baby. I was sad at the time, I am not anymore, but lost the baby, had to have a DNC. When I was in the hospital, the doctor called him to let him know you know, she's, she'll be discharged because, again, this is COVID, so you could not go in the hospital at the time. The doctor called him and said, you know, she's going to be released in an hour and a half. He pretended to be his own executive assistant. And so he said, you know, Mr. James is in a board meeting, but I'm his executive assistant. David, how can I help you? You can let me know what's going on. Obviously, the doctor wouldn't do that. So she just said, you know, please let him know that Miss So-and-so um, will be ready for pickup in an hour and a half. He told the doctor um, he's in a board meeting for about another 30 minutes and then he'll be on his way. I should have only been in the hospital for an hour and a half. I was there for three hours because, again, he was a temp forklift driver, so he couldn't get off work. But I didn't know that at the time. Those are just some of the things that my pathological lying ex-husband did. There's so much more. I have severe PTSD. And I know it's my fault. I know that I did not trust myself. I did not pay attention to the United Nations of red flags. <laughs> I did not pray. And I am paying the consequences for that. There's nothing anyone can say to me, girl, you was dumb. I was desperate. I wanted to be married. I wanted a family. And I thought it was my turn. And instead, I got pulled into something my brain could not even comprehend. And guess what, guys? What I just told you is only 5% of the story. Oof. Ooh.
five percent. I, I mean, the emotional <sighs> roller coaster and the scars that must be left over from a relationship like that, where you fully believe, and then you just feel so foolish afterwards. Like and it all sorts of starts to make sense. It's going to take her forever to trust anybody yeah. again. All of the effort that he put into those lies is just unbelievable. And if he would have channeled that for good rather than evil, what could have been like possible? But it was a great relationship. <laughs> yeah. Were you saying you're trying to get her on Breakup Breakdown? I've been begging yeah. her because so many people have been tagging her to come on my podcast. And it's such a good story for that to only be 5% of it. I'm like, what's the other right. 95% of it? So hopefully Risa and Tisa um, sees me and the rest of the bat signals waving, hey, come on the pod. I mean, that's some real psycho ass right there, man. I mean, I just don't know how people live with themselves with handling their life this way. But I think when you're not right in the head, <laughs> then... It, it makes perfect sense. When you're a sociopath, you don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. Right. Damn. Remember that? It's the Burt Show. Get it? The Burt Show.